Now here's something that your history teacher most likely didn't tell you. In 1782, a year before the end of the American Revolution, Benjamin Franklin, while he was the U.S. ambassador to France, printed an entirely fake edition of a very real Boston newspaper. He sent the copies to real newspapers back in the colonies. One article in the fake paper told of the discovery of 700 scalps, it was all in capital letters, scalps, from, from our unhappy country folks, quote. These scalps were from, the article claimed, women, girls, boys, and poor defenseless farmers, taken by Indians in league with the British. And the story was picked up and repeated in several newspapers in the colonies. The story was a complete fabrication. It was fake news. But it stoked the hatred for what the Declaration of Independence calls. Do you know this trivia? What does the, the Indians do appear in our Declaration of Independence called merciless Indian savages? This fake news story also appeared verbatim a few years later when the Americans were yet again fighting Britain in the War of 1812. Now a man later to serve as a U.S. president, John Adams, wrote in his diary in 1769, so in the very early lead up to what would become the revolution, he wrote that he had spent the day, quote, cooking up paragraphs, articles, and occurrences, etc., working the political engine. Well, no doubt those occurrences were fake news about British atrocities. He was cooking up occurrences. It's not an exaggeration, therefore, to say that, mm, I'm thinking the United States is founded on fake news. Furthermore, notice the pattern of fake news was already set up by our founding fathers. Fake news was based on stereotypes and prejudice, was tangentially connected to real events, I mean there were killings back and forth out on the western frontier, and was designed to create fear, anger, and outrage. Now here's the question, what has changed from Franklin's and Adams' time to our own? Mm. <laughs> we, we used to call it propaganda, and now propaganda has a lot of spawn out there. Now consider, for example, the horrific event, the Bowling Green Massacre. Two Muslims trained by ISIS slipped back into the U.S. because of our broken immigration system and exploded bombs killing dozens of people in the heart of the United States, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Do you understand that Bowling Green, Kentucky is where the Chevy Corvette is made? So it was an attack on the heart of every red-blooded American. And it was also like Benjamin Franklin's story, completely false. Well, tangentially, but two guys were arrested, but they had nothing to do with any bombing. But wait, all you have to do is a little searching around at Trump rally photos, and you will see people holding signs saying, Bowling Green Survivor. 
fake news. Now, would Benjamin Franklin and John Adams approve? And I mean, can they honestly disapprove? Now, the New York Times reported this past week that Myanmar's military used fake Facebook accounts to inflame hatred of the Rohingya. Fake news on Facebook created actual genocide. We still don't know the extent of the damage that fake news uh, created in the Brexit vote in the UK or the extent of the problem in the 2016 US presidential election. But if you look at that quote in your order of service this morning by the Russian chess master Garry Kasparov, I think it's insightful. He says, the, the point of modern propaganda isn't only to misinform or push an agenda, it is to exhaust your critical thinking, to annihilate truth. The RAND Corporation calls Vladimir Putin's method of propaganda, quote, the fire hose of falsehood. The fire hose of falsehood. Russian troll farms and automated sock bots are mimicking our political discussions, be they from the right or from the left. SJWs, social justice warriors on the left and then the alt-right. When it comes to politics today, no one is in that great little internet saying a normie, as they call it. The firehood of falsehood always gets the scoop on any story also, doesn't it? And here's the psychological problem. People tend to believe the first report of a news event that they see. So, fake news has a really big advantage. Get early reports of an event, fabricate fake news with your chosen political spin, and you're out of the gate and reporting on social media long before legitimate news organizations even have time to verify the facts. As Hannah Arant pointed out long ago, propaganda is designed to produce outrage, then outrage fatigue, then cynicism, until we all say they're all liars anyway, this one is as good as that one. And we know that fake news isn't only about Sandy Hook, Supreme Court nominees, and murdered Saudi journalists. Facebook recently removed a page called Mindful Being. Mindful Being, who, who doesn't love Mindful Being? Well, it was a Russian troll farm site using fake quotes from the Buddha with authoritarian, uh, authoritarian messaging. So let's convince those Buddhists to follow orders. Yet we know that the fire hose is spraying everywhere, no matter how many sites get taken down. Politics are important. Lives and livelihoods are at stake. The very threads of the social fabric that prevents genocide are at stake. We know it. We know that we must not succumb to outrage, fatigue, and cynicism. How do we tell that American story? in the face of this. As you know, I'm convinced that philosophy and theology turns into action even when people can't clearly articulate what they really believe. That's why people still quote Socrates all these years later, the unexamined life is not worth living. 
Each of us either knows our deepest convictions and can examine and articulate them, or we can't, but we have no choice but to act in the world whether we understand our own motivations or not. How did we get to a place where we have a nation split 50-50? Well, I blame original sin. <laughs> or at least the Christian theology of original sin. The Christian theology that permeates North America is split down the middle on the question of original sin. Not the theological concept in all of its complexity, mind you, but a simple thumbnail sketch of it. Are human beings born good or born bad? Good question. Perhaps you've seen or heard about a poll that recently appeared in the magazine Christianity Today, a fairly middle-of-the-road Christian magazine, Christianity Today. The poll reveals that 51% of Christian Protestant ministers approve of Donald Trump's handling of the presidency. 51% approve, 20 aren't sure, and 29% disapprove. Now, yes, we come in as Protestant ministers in a poll like that. And 20, so less than, less than 30% disapprove. One thing this reveals is that there are far more conservative Christian ministers out there than liberal ones. Another thing it shows is where ministers come down on the question of original sin. What you believe about the issue runs through all sorts of aspects of your thinking. For example, most liberal Christians, Reformed Jews, native religions, and humanists think that people are basically good, and many also believe in a compassionate and loving God. We believe our neighbors are good folks, no matter what they look like. We encourage our children to be inquisitive and free thinking. We don't believe in corporal punishment. We think people are born pretty good. We also tend to be better educated and have well-developed social networks and safety nets. We worry about democracy and its institutions. That's not the way for all Americans. The implication of this other way of thinking are far-reaching. I can say this with personal authority because I was raised in the tradition that teaches that people are born evil and only later redeemed. The folks with these beliefs tend to be less well-educated, poorer, and often depend upon kinship for whatever they need rather than social networks. This group prizes obedient children and subscribes to the idea that the devil can be beaten out of children. These folks believe that fear of God and fear of the law are the only things that keep people from murdering each other. These folks own most of the guns in America, by the way, exactly because they believe in original sin. Their main concerns, according to recent polling, is not the state of democracy, but the prevalence of drugs and the lack of jobs.
and they too often conflate patriotism and religion. It's how I grew up, it's my family, and I know many of you have family exactly like that. Now, I want you to listen to these words from a book by Donald Trump called Think Big. Now, yeah, I don't think he wrote it, but he, they read it to him, and he probably agrees, all right? So here, here's the quote. Lions kill for food, but people kill for sport. The same burning greed that makes people loot, kill, and steal in emergencies like fires and floods operates daily in normal, everyday people. It lurks right beneath the surface, and when you least expect it, it rears its nasty head and bites you. Accept it. The world is a brutal place. People will annihilate you just for the fun of it or to show off to their friends." End quote. Now, if it's a bestseller, you didn't read it. Is it any wonder that Trump supporters carry most of the firearms in the country? Now, I suppose that Mr. Trump himself is probably in that matrix thinking about what a great capitalist he is in this sort of, you know, silly jungle metaphor of some sort. And he's a tough business person and all of that stuff. But you hear how Trump's supporters hear it. It's all about original sin. This is exactly what I was raised to believe in a working class Pentecostal home. You're poor, you feel you've been scammed by the system, you have little in the way of education. Just as in the case of Myanmar and the American colonies, all that's required to rile people up and set them off is some fake news that confirms exactly what they already believe. So here's the challenge. Sometime you've got nothing else to do, do a search on what the Roman Empire looked like at its height. And what's this got to do with anything else? You know, it's got to follow along now. Take a look at the map of the Roman Empire at its height. It was all the way around the Mediterranean. It went up to the Scottish border and over into Eastern Europe, all the way to the Caspian Sea. Then look at how it was divided up by tribes and language groups. They'll have the little blobs there. What you will begin to notice is that despite the deaths of hundreds of millions of people in war and genocide over those borders, they're almost exactly what they were during the Roman Empire period. It's very strange how contemporary nations almost exactly match. Now here's the thing. Whatever you think about nationalism, nations are how we divvy up the world. Much of the populist nationalism that is haunting Europe at the present time has to do with those old language and identity pieces. The languages and identities that were already in place when the Romans invaded the place all those years ago. But here in the United States, we don't have those ancient linguistic borders. When the US Declaration of Independence was signed, 
That document declaring the rightful residence of the continent murderless Indian savages. The most common language on this continent, of course, was a, a variety of native languages. The second most popular populous uh, language in North America was Spanish. English was third and French was just behind it. Unlike much of the world, language, Christianity, European ideas of property and government are all very recent to this continent. They don't go back to the Roman Empire and beyond. If we are to have a common denominator, that story that Langston Hughes is talking about that becomes America, if we are to have that and create a cohesive society, all we have to do that is narrative, is story. It is what we tell ourselves about what the United States means. As I see it, the greatest damage that fake news does is the damage it does to histories and narratives. Fake news creates a dangerously divided society of resentment and mutual incomprehension. And it's about 50-50. I know that all of you here today know everything I've been saying. If you read the news, you know it. But we all have to face the reality that we are participating in a society that has denied, or maybe, if you want to be nice, not denied, failed to provide adequate education and adequate leisure time for people to be critical thinkers. For people to read unfake news sources like, oh, you know, the New York Times and the Guardian, the New Yorker, the Atlantic, Washington Post. You realize that the New York Times is written at a 10th grade level. The average American reads at a 7th grade level. And that average American is also, remember, one paycheck away from disaster and watching their loved ones ravaged by addiction. Now, the U.S. Constitution is written at a 17.8 grade level. Postgraduate, 8.9% of Americans have a master's degree, less than 9%. Now, I know, I used to teach reading comprehension, so I know that reading ability and level is not the only thing that makes reading comprehension, but try to catch my point here, right? Can you run a democracy when less than 10% of its citizens can comprehend its founding document? Just a question. Yes, reading comprehension isn't everything. You can also have verbal comprehension, but still, what does it mean for less than 10% of our people to be able to read the document? Or 20%, 30%, 50%? That would be nice. I mean, the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is not difficult to understand, and I'm a gun owner, folks, I, but the Second Amendment is not hard to understand if you know a bit about British common law, U.S. history, and English grammar. People have the right to keep and bear arms because citizens are expected to belong to a well-regulated militia. That's the reason. My forebears did that. That's, that's what you had to do. You had to have a gun and use it back in those days. By the way, and that's why I mentioned going into British common law to understand what the founders were doing, 
At that time, British citizens had the right to keep and bear arms if they were Protestants. Uh, it's not hard to figure out the program there, right? It's not hard to understand, but you have to have some reading comprehension and, and background knowledge. When Hannah Arendt was publishing, her ideas were absolutely despised and dismissed by many people. Remember, she's the one, I talk about her a lot, who went to the Nuremberg trials and reported. She was Jewish, she had trained in with some of the Nazi philosophers in Nazi Germany. So she, she got it. The party line when she was writing was that some sort of huge evil had possessed the German people. Arant contended that no, the Holocaust was not the product of an anomalous cloud of evil. It was the product of very normal people behaving badly. She saw this matter clearly, quote, in an ever-changing, incomprehensible world, the masses had reached the point where they would, at the same time, believe everything and nothing, think that everything was possible and that nothing was true." End quote. In our electronic world, you know, we've got our DIY, do it yourself, we got our IMHO, we got our ROFL rolling on the floor laughing. And what's the internet acronym for take a moment and think? <laughs> there ain't one, right? There is no T-A-M-T -T out there in the hashtags. As far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump has merely called us on our own hypocrisy. Do we want a society in which there is lively and legitimate political debate, or one in which a few of the people fool most of the people most of the time? I've said this before, and I probably will say it tiresomely again, but it is our job to think in such a nuanced way that the Russian troll farms can't reproduce it. Yes, this is a nation that was founded on fake news. But think for a moment about Ireland. Those of you who are a bit older remember when Ireland was called a priest-ridden country. And any thinking person in Ireland who wasn't a priest was called a ruined priest. Look at it now. It changed. Nations can change for the better if good people begin to think and act. So let's get out there and think some thoughts that boggle the troll farms, shall we? <laughs> <laughs>